Hello and welcome to Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM and WKRM Radio, your hometown news broadcasting from Columbia, Tennessee. I'm your host, Tom Price. Today is Tuesday, December 13th, and we start with local news. A Murray County Sheriff's deputy passed away Monday evening after being involved in a crash while working traffic. Officials with the Tennessee Highway Patrol stated the crash happened around 6 p.m. at the intersection of Highway 43 and Williamsport Pike. The Murray County Sheriff's Department later issued a statement saying Reserve Deputy Brad Miller was killed as he was working traffic as the crash happened. The Sheriff's Department is saddened by the sudden passing of Reserve Deputy Brad Miller involved in a motor vehicle crash while working traffic on 43 Bypass near Williamsport Pike. Please keep Deputy Miller's family and Murray County Sheriff's Department in your thoughts and prayers during this difficult time. The department's statement read, Our thoughts and prayers go out to the family of Reserve Deputy Brad Miller and his brothers and sisters in the Murray County Sheriff's Department, Murray County Mayor Sheila Butt said in a statement. The Tennessee Highway Patrol is investigating the incident. Several agencies honored Miller and the loss of the entire sheriff's office, providing an escort and procession from the streets of Murray County all the way into Nashville on I-65. Murray County Sheriff Bucky Rowland says he'll share more details about the crash at a news conference scheduled for 9 o'clock this morning. U.S. Representative-elect Andy Ogles is facing either possible enforcement action or a campaign finance audit following a recent warning from the Federal Election Commission, the Tennessee Lookout reported. The FEC told Ogles campaign treasurer Thomas Datweiler earlier this month that the campaign's finance reports included incorrect information and failed to disclose required information about certain donations. The agency also said that Ogles appeared to have accepted some contributions above the legal limit. Ogles in November was elected to represent the redrawn 5th Congressional District, long held by Democrat Jim Cooper, and comprised of uh, Davidson County, Murray County, and others. During redistricting, Tennessee Republicans split Nashville into three congressional districts, leading Cooper to retire. Ogles, former Murray County mayor and an anti-tax lobbyist, won a competitive Republican primary and faced state Senator Heidi Campbell of Nashville in the general election. His campaign struggled to properly file campaign finance reports throughout the campaign, including by missing one key report deadline. Main Street Nashville has reported extensively on Ogles' campaign finance issues. Ogles hired Datweiler as campaign treasurer shortly after a super PAC controlled by Datweiler spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on Ogles' behalf, raising questions of coordination, Main Street reported. Clearly, there is no coordination between the two, Ogles said on election night. Ogles' previous treasurer, Lee Beeman, established a separate super PAC that spent tens of thousands of dollars on Ogles' behalf as well. The U.S. Department of Energy has closed a $2.5 billion loan to Altium Cells LLC to help finance the construction of new lithium-ion battery cell manufacturing facilities in Ohio, Michigan, and Tennessee, with 3,700 jobs expected to be created at the Spring Hill facility alone. This announcement further strengthens Spring Hill's foothold on the evolving electric vehicle market coming on the heels of General Motors announcing earlier in December a $275 million investment in the expansion of its assembly plant, expected to create another 400 jobs. 
The $275 million investment at Altium Cells will increase battery production by more than 40%, according to data released by the state as previously reported. The General Motors Spring Hill plant is set to produce its first electric vehicle, the Cadillac Lyric, with the Altium batteries. Altium Cells is a joint venture between General Motors and LG Energy Solution and will manage battery cell production at the three facilities to address the growing U.S. consumer demand for electric vehicles. In October, President Biden launched the American Battery Materials Initiative alongside $2.8 billion in grants from the Department of Energy to build out the battery mineral and material supply chain. This latest loan closing, which is part of the loan program's Office Advanced Technology Vehicles Manufacturing Program, will directly support the president's goals to reach net zero emissions by 2050 and having EVs make up half of all new vehicle sales by 2030. This $2.5 billion marks the loan program office's first close-loaned exclusively for a battery cell manufacturing project under the Advanced Technology Vehicles Manufacturing, but it is not the first time Tennessee has been the recipient of these auto industry loans. Prior Advanced Technology Vehicles Manufacturing loans have included a $1.45 billion loan to Nissan North America in 2010, which supported the upgrade of facilities in Smyrna and Deckard and allowed Nissan to manufacture the all-electric LEAF for the North American market in the United States. That That loan, according to the DOE, was fully repaid in September of 2017. The DOE says the loan to Ultium Cells will help fund the manufacturing of large-format, pouch-type cells that use a state-of-the-art nickel-cobalt-manganese-aluminum chemistry to deliver more range at less cost. Those cells, according to a release by the DOE, can be arranged in different combinations to provide clean, reliable energy for all vehicles on the road today, including cars, buses, and medium- and heavy-duty work trucks. Altium Cells plans to use this technology in coordination with GM's work to eliminate 100% of tailpipe emissions from its new light-duty vehicles by 2035. This also supports GM's plans to build 1 million electric vehicles in North America by the end of 2025, along with making its global products and operations carbon neutral by 2040. Columbia Machine Works recently held a commissioning ceremony for a new machine tool, the single biggest capital investment in the company's 95-year history, which will aid in expanding the company's operations. The new machine, a TOS Varnsdorf CNC horizontal boring mill, a $3 million investment, gives the business an expanded machining capacity, bolstering its capability to serve its customers' needs in the industrial repair and contract manufacturing field. Murray County Mayor Sheila Budd and Columbia Mayor Chaz Mulder both spoke at the event. Columbia Machine Works, an industrial machine repair, rebuild, and support business, is family-owned and has been in operation in Columbia since 1927. The company houses one of the largest CNC machine shops in the southeastern United States, as well as an extensive fabrication shop that is well-equipped to handle heavy structural metal fabrications. The mayors noted Columbia Machine Works' strong presence in the manufacturing sector in Murray County. Columbia City Manager Tony Massey and Vice Mayor-elect Randy McBroom were also in attendance. Columbia Machine Works Vice President Jenk Langston IV called the addition of the new machine a game-changer for the company. We also are no longer limited by weight capacity, so we can machine virtually anything we can get into our building, Langston said. 
A new machine with the latest technology also dramatically reduces machining times, resulting in a better service for our customers. This is one of the largest, if not the largest, machines of its category in the state of Tennessee, especially for a job shop like our own, he said. The operational expansion of Columbia Machine Works aligns with the trend of the growing manufacturing climate in Columbia. Murray County has become a manufacturing hub in Tennessee, rating top in capital investments in 2020, according to think tank Smart Asset. Following the opening of new headquarters in Murray County, like Tortilla Machine Maker J.C. Ford and Fiberon, a leader in outdoor living products, Meanwhile, existing auto giants like General Motors and Spring Hill invested almost $5 billion in expansions over the past two years to accommodate its new electric SUV, the Lyric, which is run by batteries made by South Korea-based Ultium cells. I would say as we see companies like J.C. Ford and Fiberon moving in, and also companies like Merson making major upgrades to the old Union Carbide plant here in Columbia, the manufacturing industry in the city of Columbia and Murray County has never been stronger. Langston said. This benefits our company greatly, and we also view ourselves as a business that can play a role in attracting these companies to our city because we are able to do all of their repair and contract manufacturing work. We are fortunate to call J.C. Ford, Merson, DocuMotion, and others our customers, he said. Columbia Machine Works was founded in 1927 by John K. Langston Sr. and has grown into one of the largest job shops in the U.S., the company currently has 75 employees, and its core services include CNC machining, metal fabrication, and industrial repair. The Murray Regional Medical Center palliative and pastoral care teams have unique ways of ensuring patients are cared for in every aspect, body, mind, and spirit. Palliative care is specialized care focusing on the relief of pain, symptoms, and stress associated with chronic illness. The team works alongside pastoral care to ease a patient's suffering and improve their quality of life by any feasible means, no matter the request. Being able to help patients and families not only to heal physically, but helping with that emotional and spiritual need, I don't think you see the services we offer in other places, said Tammy Stokes, Director of Palliative Care for Murray Regional Health. When you talk about spirituality and what's going on within the walls of this hospital, there's so many great things being done. The culture here is so person-centered, mind, body, and spirit, that if there's a need, we're going to go out of our way to make that happen, she said. One of the most special ways the palliative and pastoral care teams provide for Murray Regional Medical Center's patients is the portable baptistry, a gift provided by the Murray Regional Healthcare Foundation early last year. At most hospitals, baptisms take place outside the patient's room, which typically involves transporting the patient to another area of the hospital and back again. Now, at Murray Regional Medical Center, the baptistry comes directly to the patient, allowing the baptism to be safely done bedside in the patient's room. To provide that comfort at the end of life is something we're always happy to do, and we jump at the opportunity to provide that peace of mind. It's a huge part of the care that we provide, Stokes said. The pool is three feet by six feet, small enough that it still fits in an elevator and takes about an hour and a half to fill and empty. It also has a heater and circulator pump. It's used a handful of times per year and each time provides a moving experience for all involved. No one else, as far as I know, is doing this, Murray Regional Medical Center Chaplain Lyndall Probst said. One of the first times I heard applause in the hospital was following a baptism. You don't always hear applause in a hospital, but that's such a joyful time, he said. 
Probst works alongside local churches to perform the baptisms and even weddings for patients with serious illnesses. It's all about providing them the utmost care at the most difficult of times. He isn't only focused on helping patients, though. He also lends a hand to make sure Murray Regional Health employees are cared for through grief support and resilience training. He helped establish Code Lavender, which is a peer support intervention that provides staff with emotional support following a difficult experience. We have people we have to care of, take care of, and we'll find any way to do that so they can provide the best care for our patients, Probst said. The Murray Regional Medical Center Palliative Care Team is supported by the Foundation's Dr. Maura Lipp Palliative Care Fund, which helps to cover maintenance costs for the portable baptistry, among other things. Visit www.murrayregional.com forward slash foundation to learn more or to donate. For more information on palliative care services at Murray Regional Medical Center, you can visit www.murrayregional.com forward slash palliative dash care. Elementary schools are priority one as the Murray County School Board voted forward several building projects last week at its regular board meeting outlined within a five-year building plan. The board unanimously passed the growth plan for the new schools that are expected to soak up the unprecedented county growth like a sponge. In the Battle Creek area, builders are moving dirt on the future $74 million-plus Battle Creek High School to prepare the site, while the district works with the city of Spring Hill to shop around for land that will serve as the site for a new elementary school in North Columbia. The district aims to welcome the influx of new students to Battle Creek High School by fall of 2024. The site grading is completed for the future high school, allowing for final building plans, architects, and engineers to ensure proper facilities at the campus. Three additional elementary schools are also planned for Baker, Mount Pleasant, and Cullioca areas, though, as discussed at a board retreat in November, costs for these projects remain unknown, according to school board chairman Michael Fulbright. Additionally, the district has completed many maintenance needs across the county and updated some schools on certain measures of safety. We are constantly working to pull everyone to the new standard that's needed, said Eric Perriman, Murray County Public Schools Operations Director. It's an ongoing maintenance and renovation to make sure every child is getting a good, safe, and clean environment, he said. The standard is ever-evolving, Perriman said, and refers to keeping up with new technologies for the classroom and safety implementations for the schools. And between building new schools, making needed repairs, and updates to maintenance have continued to hold priority for long-awaited athletic facility projects like the gymnasium updates at Santa Fe and other schools. These athletic facility renovations include gym improvements like new floor surfacing, scoreboard installations, HVAC fixes, and new bleachers. A federal tax rebate from the district's business partnership with Train resulted in a large check presented for more than $16,000 at the board meeting, but the board has provided its share to ensure progress where needed. The board has been very generous to set money aside for maintenance, but also athletics, Perriman said. We've done a lot of work at every school to make sure kids have the same opportunities. In addition to new floors in the current gym, Santa Fe Unit School's much-awaited auxiliary gymnasium finally moved from dream to reality earlier this year, as plans to finish construction on the additional building are set to be completed by spring or summer of next year. Central and Mount Pleasant High Schools have also had significant updates to some of their athletic facilities, from baseball field lighting to press boxes and fencing, and even a new softball field at Mount Pleasant High School. 
In total, Perriman said five school gym floors have been sanded down and completely replaced based on inspection standards. Santa Fe, Hampshire, and Kalioka Unit Schools received the most needed gym work last summer, in addition to a gym floor at EA Cox Middle School. Across the board, athletics is receiving funding from working scoreboards and ADA-compliant bleachers. Perriman said the state of awareness for emergency situations at schools is sad to think about, but very necessary. Many of the technology updates and procedural plans, Perriman said, the district keeps close to the vest so that no one can have any knowledge of what to manipulate. A lot of what we do safety-wise we don't even like to talk about, Perriman said, because we don't want the world to know what we're doing. Perriman said Jonathan Berry, a former school resource officer who now heads up safety for the district, aims to have safety measures implemented that don't detract or impose on the school environment. It's safety in plain sight, Perriman said, so that you walk in and it still looks like a school building. We're trying to keep them safe, control who has access to our campus, but still maintain a family-friendly campus. Perriman refers generally to more cameras, key fobs, and better ways to track everyone in the building. Our number one goal every day is to get everyone's child back home safe and healthy, Perriman said. Costs for the many projects are always aiming for the best at the lowest cost that the district can find. The best bang for the buck, Perriman said. Perriman said operating costs that the district spends from the county includes $1.2 million on school buses and splitting $5 million evenly for maintenance and athletic projects. Much of the $123.7 million allocated from last year's budget for building new schools has yet to be spent. The Columbia State Community College Foundation received a contribution from the Columbia Breakfast Rotary in ongoing support of their scholarship. Columbia Breakfast Rotary is dedicated to supporting Murray County students through this scholarship, said Bethany Lay, Columbia State Vice President for Advancement and Executive Director of the Columbia State Foundation. Columbia Breakfast Rotary established the scholarship several years ago and have positively impacted the future of many students, she said. A check in the amount of $1,000 was presented to Lay by Denny Beaver, Columbia Breakfast Rotary Club president, and Eddie Abels, Breakfast Rotarian and Scholarship Committee member. In addition, Katie Willingham, Columbia State Athletic Director, was introduced to the Breakfast Rotarians and briefly spoke about Charger Athletics. The scholarship is awarded annually to a Columbia State student meeting the eligibility criteria. This includes graduating from Murray County Schools and being enrolled full-time as a degree-seeking student. The Columbia State Foundation is a 501c3 organization that supports and partners with the college to positively impact student success and the communities in which it serves. For more information, visit www.columbiastate.edu forward slash foundation. For your southern middle Tennessee weather today, we will have cloudy skies and a high of 58 degrees. Winds will be out of the southeast at 10 to 15 miles per hour. Tonight, we can expect cloudy skies with occasional rain late. The low will be 51. Winds will be out of the south-southeast at 10 to 20 miles per hour. The chance of overnight rain, 90%, with rain accumulation at around a half an inch. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll cover state and national news that affect you. You're listening to Southern Middle Tennessee Today. As years go by, people may tend to forget just what a funeral is really all about. At Oaks and Nichols, we believe it's first and always a special remembrance of someone you love. 
We start by listening to your needs and desires. If you're unsure, we can help gently, professionally. At Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors, we haven't lost sight of why we're here, to serve Murray County families in the ways they prefer, and why your satisfaction is so important to Jeff Hargrove and Susie Sowell. There's a great deal of satisfaction in serving a family and serving them well. It's an eye for detail and thoughtfulness and taking the time to see that things are done right. We do have nice facilities and good people, and we work hard to do things well, but we don't want that to intimidate people as to what they think it will cost. Taking care of you is our primary concern. Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors, 320 West 7th Street in Columbia. Since 1856, people you can rely on. Family first. <laughs> My dad used to tell us that all the time. But family first wasn't just something he'd say to us. It was how he lived every day of his life. And it's how I try to live mine, too. At Shelter Insurance, our agents are dedicated to helping provide personalized auto, home, and life protection that puts your family first. For auto, home, life, or business insurance, see Shelter Agent Tommy Hyde Jr. at 388-2009. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole barn. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. Serving Murray County for 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has provided the highest quality jewelry at the very best prices. They work hard to make their customers happy, and it's paid off. Their customers keep going back. Quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. We offer jewelry loans up to $4,500, and we will buy your gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still the same. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Hello, this is John McEwen with McEwen Group Real Estate, located at 17A Public Square in beautiful downtown Columbia. Our family has over 40 years experience selling farms, residential, recreational, and all types of real estate here in Middle Tennessee. Check us out online at McEwenGroup.com or on Facebook and Instagram at McEwen Group, or give me a call today at 931-628-1749. McEwen Group, land is your legacy. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the stair that only creaks when everyone else in the house is asleep. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. This is Chris Dowdy from Tennessee Children's Home. We are overwhelmed by the support through our move to our new Spring Hill campus. We are excited about the new opportunities that these buildings will provide us to serve at-risk youth. We ask that you will continue to pray for us and those that we serve. We still need your continued support. Visit our website, TennesseeChildrensHome.org, to make a donation or learn more about what we're doing to serve at-risk youth in Tennessee. Throughout the country, buried pipelines are indicated by a pipeline right-of-way. A long, wide stretch of grass cleared of trees and marked with signs. If you have a right-of-way near your home, do not plant anything in it. 
or dig in it. Do not install a fence or build your kids a super cool fort without first getting the pipeline operator's approval. For more on pipeline safety, visit pipesafety.org. A message from the Tennessee Gas Association, Tennessee Association of Broadcasters, and this station. Welcome back to Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM 101.7 and WKRM 103.7, your hometown source for news and information. I'm Tom Price. And now news from around the state. Excuse me, news from around the state. The Reverend Canon Lisa Smith described former Tennessee First Lady Honey Alexander as someone who is a woman of few words, but one who knew the power of words. Someone who is kind, generous, and thoughtful. She prayed hard and worked hard, Smith told the crowd gathered at Alexander's memorial held Saturday afternoon at Christ Church Cathedral in Nashville. If she were here with us in body, she would be a bit embarrassed by all of this, but she would have loved how we are celebrating her life. Alexander, the late wife of former governor and U.S. Senator Lamar Alexander, died October 29th at the age of 77. Her life was celebrated in a formal Episcopal ceremony with a music from the cathedral's massive pipe organ, a homily by Smith, and scripture readings by her children and grandchildren. Joining the Alexander's friends and family at the memorial service were Governor Bill Lee, former Governor Bill Haslam, U.S. Senator Mitch McConnell and his wife, former U.S. Secretary of Transportation Elaine Chow, Senators Bill Haggerty and Marsha Blackburn, former Senator Bob Corker, Nashville Mayor John Cooper, and former Senator Bill Frist and wife Tracy. Tom Ingram, longtime family friend and former Chief of Staff to Lamar Alexander, both as Governor and Senator, stated just before the service that Honey Alexander was always involved in her husband's political career. In fact, the Walk Across Tennessee campaign that helped Lamar Alexander get elected governor in 1978 was her idea. Someone asked Lamar what he liked to do most when he wasn't working, Ingram said. He said, I like to put on my plaid shirt and go hiking in the Smokies. And Honey said, why don't you just walk across the state? What we constructed was what was a truly authentic 1,026-mile walk across the state over the next six months, he said. It was revolutionary. It put him into places with Tennesseans doing what they do every day. We stayed in homes at night instead of hotels and rode in trucks instead of flying. We stopped at every school on that 1,026-mile route. It was truly revolutionary. A lot of people are credited for that walk, but I always remember it was her idea. Ingram added that she was always a loyal spouse, even when it didn't completely suit her fancy. She was always there and supportive of Lamar, but she lived her own life, he said. She supported and participated in his agenda, but as First Lady, she had her own as well. She wasn't just a hostess, she was proactive on issues. She was determined to make a difference in her realm while he was making a difference in his, he said. Just before the service, Honey Alexander's longtime friend Molly Pratt described her as determined, smart, funny, thoughtful, faithful, and a great gift giver. Honey Alexander was a fierce advocate for children's issues, and the results of her life's work are evident today. During her husband's time as Tennessee's governor from 1979 to 1987, she was the chair of a statewide Healthy Children Initiative, which focused on prenatal care. She also worked to help create the governor's task force on daycare, with a focus on child care in the workplace. The Honey Alexander Center was named in her honor in 2019 and houses family and children's services in Nashville. 
Let's take one last break. When we come back, we'll cover the final story of the day. You're listening to Southern Middle Tennessee Today. Turner and Osborne Tire Company, 1016 South Main Street in Columbia. Give them a call at 931-388-6822. They've been doing business since 1947 and in their current location since 1964. They provide the best tire and mechanical work at some of the best prices in Middle Tennessee. Hey, they're official Michelin and Goodyear dealers, and they've got all kinds of brands as well. Stop by and see Walker Vining and his professional staff or check them out online at turnerandosborne.com. That's turnerandosborne.com. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. Welcome back to Southern Middle Tennessee today, and now the final story. Still haven't gotten your fill of amazing small-town Christmas parades? The Leapers Fork Christmas Parade has been rescheduled to Saturday, December 17th, following week-long rain that has impacted the mid-state. The annual parade is traditionally held on the second Saturday of December, but will now take place at 2 p.m. on the third Saturday. The parade will feature Grand Marshal Leroy Parnell, along with numerous floats. You can see the parade route and learn more about the event by visiting www.leapersforkcountry.com. That's all for this edition of Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM WKRM Radio. I'll be back tomorrow to update you with the latest news. I'm Tom Price. Thanks for listening. Be safe and have a great day.